A reminder, even in 2023, there's still a series of firsts for black folks, and many are finding themselves in environments where they are the only. We're having a frank conversation about it, too. So Globetrotting has taken Sheldon Epps from Compton, California to Broadway and London. He has decades invested in working in theaters across America. We linked up during Black History Month, and in our talk, I learned Sheldon has always traveled with an unapologetic urge to push for equity because the roles he's played require it. He's a director, producer, and writer. Sheldon just released his memoir, My Own Directions, A Black Man's Journey in the American Theater. That's correct, yeah. And it's uh, sort of tracing my career from that time and even earlier through my time at Pasadena Playhouse and on Broadway, London, and working in television as well. What you've discussed um, in previous interviews interests me any time of the year, not just because we're in the month of February, but the experiences that you've had uh, that you've documented in your book and some of the conversations you've had. Um, how has that shaped you into the person that you are today? Well, I think it's given me a kind of resilience and strength. Um, I've been really, really fortunate, really blessed to have a great career and many opportunities and um, to enter worlds that I thought I never would enter as a kid from Compton, a black kid from Compton. Uh, but I've had to have a certain amount of strength, a certain amount of tenacity to overcome challenges and obstacles that unfortunately still stand in the way of black artists in our country. But it's made me stronger and given me a, a sense of um, strength to keep going, I guess I would say. Should we have to be strong all the time? Well, we shouldn't have to be, no. But as I say in the book, we're, we're chased by race, meaning that race is unfortunately still always a factor. It'll be nice when it's not a factor, but at the moment it is. So yes, we do have to be strong all the time. And so some of the challenges, and I know that you've written the book on it, right? Uh, with your personal challenges and perhaps some of the conversations you've had with other individuals in the business as well. But could you kind of give us uh, a little bit of an overview of some of the challenges you've endured? Because I imagine um, from my own experiences, individuals try to gaslight you out of what you say you've <laughs> seen and, and heard and documented. Yeah. Well, I think um, as, as a black person in this country in general, but certainly as a black person in the arts, you're sort of put in a black box. And in that box, you're told you can do this, you can't do that. You should do this, you shouldn't do that. Um, you can't be a leader, you can be a worker, you can be a follower, but you can't set direction. So all of those things are, are truths that we face all of the time. And the, the challenge is to bust out of that black box and, as I would say, follow your own directions. And you decide what you want to do, where you can go, how much you can dream. Don't let that be determined by anybody on the outside. And certainly don't let it be determined by anybody who's going to make those choices for you based on color and not ability, and not smarts and initiative and ambition. Along the way, did you find some mentors? Oh, yes, many, you know, many who had faced some of the same challenges that I've faced years before. Lloyd Richards, Hal Scott, you know, and uh, certainly actors like James Earl Jones, 
you know, who was such a trailblazer, Ruby D. I had the opportunity to meet and Ossie Davis. So yeah, yeah <clears throat> all of those were people who gave me great strength and uh, inspiration. What are some of the thoughts that they, they shared, some of the wisdom they imparted that still sticks with you today? Well, you know, it's interesting. People like that don't like to talk a lot about themselves. What they like to do is to do. And I was inspired by the fact that they were doing great things, even at a time when it was more challenging for a black person to have any opportunity. You know, they were they were real trailblazers, real pioneers. Uh, Sidney Poitier, for example, you think of as the big star that he rightfully is, but you don't realize that he he had to go through many of the same things and struggle to survive even for many years before he had some of the great opportunities that he did. So it was the doing and watching them do, watching them achieve, watching them overcome those perceptions that we talked about before. That was the most inspiring. What turned you on to theater initially? What was the spark? Uh, when I was uh, 10 or 11, I moved from uh, an all-black neighborhood in Los Angeles to Teaneck, New Jersey, which was you know, prim primarily white and Jewish at the time. Uh, so it was kind of lonely and you know, a bit of a culture shock and you know, a different world, so to speak. That world was filled with legends, too. The early exposure left an impression. My mother started taking me to see Broadway theater. Mm. And, uh, you know, I saw great shows with Sammy Davis Jr. and Pearl Bailey and Leslie Uggams. And it was great to see all those beautiful black people on the stage, you know, really owning the stage, owning their craft, doing what they do so beautifully. And it was, for me, that was my Disneyland, I say. It was kind of like discovering this, this magical world where uh, people of color could achieve everything and at least for that time that they were on the stage there was no prejudice there was nothing limiting uh to being a black person can you tell me your highest high maybe some of your lowest lows how you persevered <laughs> uh well the highest highs it's easy to persevere because those encourage you those keep you going and you know to being told that you're achieving something or even more than that to feel that you're achieving something certainly keeps you going in the lowest lows uh and i've had a few you just have to you have to think it's not going to be forever mm -hmm. you have to visualize uh Della reese taught me this it's great to have creative real visualization of how you think you want things to be so that you can reach for that star <laughs> you know you can go towards the star rather than go towards the bottom and uh, i guess i've also had you know great support from family and friends so that even at even at the bottom of that pit i never felt like i was going to stay in the bottom of the pit i knew that i was going to get out mm. Sheldon, tell me more about visualization. It seems you were really touched by an angel in that effort right there. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. very true. Well, you know, I worked with Della well before Touched by an Angel. Right. And, you know, I remember very clearly that, that one night uh, on the road on this show, one late lonely night, she said, you know, Sheldon, I've decided that I'm going to be the star of a major television series within the next couple of years. 
and I see that clearly and I'm putting that out there and that's what I want. And a couple of years later, Dello was the star of Touched by an Angel, which was hugely rated. Wow. So that, that taught me, you know, have a big dream, be very specific about it, see it clearly in your own head, and you can make it happen. Wait, wait, wait a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's an amazing, amazing story, right? But absolutely true. I feel like I'm supposed to put some money in the offering tray now. Like that was, uh, <laughs> so she, this is what folks are now saying on a regular basis. She really manifested that, that moment. Yeah, that's exactly right. She, she manifested exactly what she wanted. Uh, she put it out there and she made herself ready to receive it. And she did. <laughs> so here's the thing with, with goals, with dreams, with visions, we can't share that with everyone, especially as you talk about some of the hardships that you endured uh, as a black man in this industry, uh, because there are loads of people lined up to tell you you can't do it and you can't always endure the nose. So you have to kind of keep something right. close to the vest. Clearly, she shared that with you because she had developed a, a relationship of depth and breadth. But we can't share everything with everybody, right? You you would know better than I because you. you you, you, no, I mean, good good fortune comes into it. There's no no doubt about it. You know, I I had the good fortune to work with Delores to to have the opportunity to have that conversation with her. The conversation could not have stayed with me if I hadn't had the conversation. So I was lucky to have that conversation. Uh, I have been lucky to be put in situations where there was opportunity or where I made opportunity to manifest my dreams. Um, I also, and this was true of Della, Della was prepared for that in mm -hmm. her life. You mm -hmm. know, she had honed her craft to the point where she was ready to fulfill that destiny. I think people have to be careful that you don't put a dream out there <laughs> that you're not really ready to fulfill, that you don't have the talent, the craft, the ability, the passion, the tenacity, all of those things that makes you capable of fulfilling a dream, you know? And I suppose the universe, God, whoever, may be withholding of some things because <laughs> they're saying, well, you know, you ain't quite ready for that. You right, right, ready right. Before I give you that opportunity. No doubt. So you, 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 what you're saying is I can't say a meal will be ready in five minutes if I don't have the ingredients in the cabinets. <laughs> hey, right, exactly. You know, yeah. if you haven't done the work to go out and shop and learn how to turn the stove on and mm -hmm. how to mm -hmm. season and all of that, you got, you got to put in the, the craft. I always say that, you know, being in, in the theater, working on film, working on television, the, re the end result is magical, but it ain't magic to make it happen. Mm -hmm. it's, it's work, mm -hmm. it's painting, it's craft, it's technique, all of those things. What have you seen evolve over the years as it pertains to uh, opportunities for Black folks in the business and what still needs to happen? Uh, well, certainly I've seen opportunities grow uh, a lot. At one time, talking about theater, I was, as I say in the book, again, one of the first, one of the only leaders of a major uh, theater in the country. That certainly is not true anymore. There are many men and women of color leading great organizations. We're seeing many more faces of color on television, on screen, 
and even more people of color, you know, in writing positions, uh, directing positions, the craft positions. What I think we can still see more of is people in leadership positions, people with the power to make things happen, you know, uh, owning studios, running studios, um, heads of networks, all of that. We still can go further with that so that we have more people of color in decision-making positions who, who green light projects, which then gives more work to, to artists of color. It's beginning to happen, mm. but even that can grow. You know, okay. we need more color berries. You know, we need more people at the, at the top who have the position to say, okay, this is gonna happen. Was there ever a moment you doubted yourself? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, you know, in, in, in some ways, I think doubt is good because doubt makes you work harder. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a moment of doubt should produce a moment of the question that says, well, what do I need to do to know how to do this, which makes you push harder and learn more. So uh, I don't necessarily think of doubt as a bad thing as long as you overcome it. That's that's, a, that's an interesting take because, you know, there's a lot of folks who say there should be no doubt. And I'm thinking that means you're not human, right? I mean, you have to right. have access to a full right. range of emotions. Exactly. Or it means you think you know everything and, and nobody does. <laughs> no, no. Um, that's it. You've worked with, as you mentioned, Della Reese, Ruby D, so many phenomenal people out there, so many great talents. What is the common thread? I mean, you mentioned Della Reese was able to visualize herself in a certain space. I imagine many others have been able to do the same things, but what are some of the common threads uh, to their success? Well, there's something I've observed and it's become a, a phrase that I like to use for myself and working with others, uh, which is confidence without arrogance. Mm. You know, when you work with Felicia Rashad or you work with Diane Carroll, or Richard Chamberlain, or um, Kelsey Grammer, or David Hyde Pierce, all of those people who are very much at the top of their game, they have great confidence, but they're not arrogant about what they do. They're there to do the work, right. to work hard, to keep working, to keep growing, uh, not to think that they know it all, but working from a basis of, of confidence and a a knowledge that I got this. I know, I, I know a lot about how to do this thing that I'm doing. I can always learn more, but I'm going to start from the basis of confidence and grow from there. Is there a fine line? Is it easy to mischaracterize the confidence for arrogance? I think it's easy to become arrogant yeah. <laughs> if you are confident. And um, again, like I just said, assume, assume you know it all or assume it can't get any better. Assume that where you are is as far as you can go because you stop pushing yourself, you stop learning. So yeah, I think when, when I'm directing, I say, okay, let's be confident about where we are, but let's not be arrogant. <laughs> confidence, confidence is a place from which you grow. Arrogance is a place where you stop growing. Uh. I was just about to ask you, Sheldon, who keeps Sheldon in check then? Because we're always <laughs> learning. We're always learning, theoretically. Hopefully. Hopefully always learning. Yes, we should be. And when did it hit you that you needed to, uh, to share your experiences through a book? 
Well, it really started when I stepped down from being artistic director at, at Pasadena Playhouse, which was about five years ago. And uh, it really came from other people first, other people saying, you should write a book, you should tell your story. And, you know, I kind of say, well, why? And they say, because it's a unique story and it's, it's an inspirational story. And if enough people say that to you, you begin to at least think about it and examine it. And I do think it's true. You know, I think there is something in my story that can be uh, supportive to others, that can be encouraging and that can be inspiring, especially to young artists. Um, and then it was also connected to the Black Lives Matter movement, where uh, growing out of that, the We See You White American Theater movement emerged. And there were very, very um, honest conversations about race and racial challenges in the American theater for really the first time. Things that I had been talking about for many years, other people started talking about with louder voices and with more insistence in greater numbers. Right. And so uh, I decided that telling my story could be a, a great part of that initiative as well. For me, his story has been inspiring and encouraging. Part of what has framed some of Sheldon's experiences is frustration. He talked about anger. First of all, you, you allow it. <laughs> you don't feel bad, badly about it because, you know, there, there are, there are things that as black Americans, we, we do have to be angry about being put in that black box, being chased by race, being told, boy, you can't do this. You can't do that is, is anger producing. Um, I, I personally think that sometimes I have suppressed anger and <laughs> turned that energy ball into action, into doing, mm. you know, anger, anger is useful and uh, necessary sometimes as a human reaction, but you don't get anywhere just sitting around being angry, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> if anything, it starts to be self-destroying. So, you know, you need to take that, the, the energy of anger and transform it into something positive, which is perhaps a little bit of hubris and arrogance that makes you say, well, I'll show you, you know, you, t you told me I can't do this, just watch me, you know. So I, I, th I think that's what I've done personally is to try not to, not to, op to have anger when, when necessary, but not to operate from anger. I think it's important to dream. I think it's important to dream big, to have great ambitions, to know, especially now, that uh, nobody can hold you back. Uh, as Dr. King said, have your dream, have your ambitions. And if I twisted the title of my book, I'd say everybody should follow their own directions, define their own path, not have it defined by someone else and not have it restricted by someone else. Uh, we, we are powerful, uh, inspirational people, and we can do anything and everything we want to do. So go for it. Go for it. Get the book, too. My Own Directions, A Black Man's Journey in the American Theater is available in most bookstores and Amazon. You know we do these conversations bi-weekly, so check out previous episodes. And until next time, have a good one.